0: I solemnly
1: swear that I am up to no good. Messrs. Mooney, Wormtail, Padfoot, and Prongs are proud to present the Marauder's Map. If you succeed tonight, more than one innocent life may be spared. Expecto Patronum!
0: Hey everyone, welcome to Hogwarts, a podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Hogwarts, a podcast. Uh, We're doing chapter 15, the Quidditch final. So a little background here before we get into the episode. I've been away (laughs) the last month and a half uh, in South America. We have been posting episodes, obviously, every week on Saturday, every Saturday morning. Uh, Thank you to Elizabeth, who is actually on the episode today.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: And Anna for kind of holding things down on the Twitter and Instagram part of it. I really appreciate that. Uh, The help has been amazing. I've been editing away in South America trying to get some of these episodes out for all of you. So I hope you enjoyed them. I do have a couple of shout-outs from our social media. We've gotten a lot more engagement and a lot more interaction, which we are also very thankful for. Oh,
1: it's so much fun when you guys respond, so thank you for that. It's
0: really cool. So uh, just a couple of quick shout-outs. Uh, Jenny Conway, at Jenny Conway, uh, J-E-N-N-I Conway, uh, listens to us while at work. Uh, she's kind of caught up on all of the podcasts, yeah. so we really appreciate that. Uh, the listens and just the feedback is really appreciated, so thank you, Jenny. Uh, we have H and H Drinks on our Instagram. H and H stands for Hallows and Horcruxes. Go oh, check fine. them out. Yeah, uh, they're a cocktail, uh, Harry Potter cocktail blog. So check them out on Instagram. Uh, really cool. Um, they're also reading Prisoner of Azkaban as we're going through it, so it's kind of meshed really well with their reading schedule. Perfect so time. they've liked what we've done so far. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, really cool. Uh, their drinks look awesome. We will try a couple, and we'll give you a shout out. <laughs> Next time we have Anna on, we'll, we'll probably <laughs> try one of those cocktails. Also, uh, Jamie McDonald at JamieMA59230716. A lot of numbers. It, but yeah, j- just uh, following us on Twitter, likes what Elizabeth's posting mostly on Twitter.
1: My very random thoughts, pretty much. So thank you yeah. for, uh, for liking those. <laughs> yeah,
0: so uh, thank you for kind of following us on Twitter and, and kind of giving us some feedback. We really appreciate it. Give us some feedback, and we'll shout you out here on the podcast. We, we really appreciate everything uh, that you guys are doing for us. Also, on my travels, uh, I hiked to Machu Picchu, <laughs> and on my hike, uh, I met this cool family. They were doing the hike with me, a uh, family of five from D.C., and really quick, I wanted to really shout out Alice and Liam, who spent hours of this hike with me talking Harry Potter. Uh, that I found out, fun. yeah, we found out that Alice and Liam um, like Harry Potter, read Harry Potter, and they had all of the questions for me when they found out <laughs> I did this podcast. Um, I know uh, Alice uh, really likes books one through four. Yeah. Not as big of a fan as books five to seven.
1: Oh, Alice, I love five.
0: I know. That's I what I told her. I'm like, favorite. I know. I loved five as well. I'll let her. Uh, she can interact with our, our podcast a little bit more, and we'll let her explain a lot of that, but um, I know she's a big fan of Hermione. Hmm. Both Liam and Alice disagreed... Uh, with you? Yeah, they disagreed with me <laughs> about my Trelawney takes, which, folks, you're going to get a lot more of them here and in the next chapter, so be prepared. <laughs> so I'm sorry, Alice and Liam, you're going to get more of it. Uh, But it was fun uh, talking Harry Potter with you guys, and I hope you can interact with us going forward and and kind of share a lot more of your thoughts, because we'd love to kind of feature you guys a little bit more.
1: Thanks for adopting Dan into your family, keeping (laughs) him safe on the (laughs) travels. (laughs)
0: Uh, Yeah, it was a lot of fun, guys. It was a lot of fun. So, yeah, uh, before we get into the actual chapter, we still have one more thing. Uh, Elizabeth put a poll up on Twitter recently because there's
1: interesting news out right we
0: had a little breaking news uh so the three major quidditch organizations Mm -hmm. uh, came together and decided that they are going to name change uh rebrand if you will
1: yeah
0: uh based on some some things that have been coming out with jk rowling they kind of wanted to move away yeah from all of that uh distraction
1: so Quidditch is now officially known as what? Quadball. Quadball,
0: which refers to the four balls that are used in Quidditch: the Snitch, the Quaffle, and the two Bludgers.
1: Which makes sense, yep. and I like the fact that they still kept the cue of it. I, I don't know; that's something about it, it makes it. Seem supposedly, less, like drastic of a change.
0: Supposedly, they came to it because they put out a survey, and most of their fan base reacted positively to this. Quadball. To quadball, so that's what they went with. Hmm. But our poll on Twitter, uh, which is great, and we had a lot of interaction with it, which was also cool, Um, they said, the people, the Twitter people, said 12% love it, badly needed. 52% said they loathe it, I hate change. (laughs) And 36% said, meh, it's whatever. Uh, A couple of comments... Uh, V underscore, I'm going to butcher this name, I apologize, Parodian, P-A-R-O-D-I-A-N, said it will always be uh, Quidditch because it's J.K. Rowling's game. Yeah. And at know-it-all underscore myony said it's still Quidditch.
1: Yeah. It's one of those interesting things because, yeah, I could see the perspective of, well, she invented the game, so it should stay named what she named it. But I also understand the desire to change it just because of the politics going on with J.K. Rowling's opinions and if you want people to still play it but they feel like they're not being um, acknowledged by Rowling's comments as individuals, uh, changing the name would definitely give them a way to still feel included.
0: So where do you eventually fall on your own I voted
1: meh, it's whatever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I actually also motive, voted for meh, it's whatever. <laughs> and the reason is, I, I respect the reasons for the change. Yeah. Obviously. Uh, that being said, I, I just don't see how you can watch that game being played and not think Quidditch. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. So I fall somewhere in the middle.
1: I understand the need, but at the same time, I don't really care all that much, so it's it, uh I don't know it's getting into the nitty-gritty of it but this is a perfect chapter for that cuz <laughs> the timing it's the worked quidditch out really
0: well <laughs> Chapter 15 The Quidditch Final is the chapter that we're discussing today yeah. and uh shocking there's a lot of quidditch to be talked about which um, is
1: kind of bad because sports and me not exactly. Sports
0: are not Elizabeth's saying.
1: They're not my forte. Uh
0: if you were have been listening to some of our <laughs> recent episodes, the Gryffindor versus Ravenclaw match, Jen and I, Jen and I are much more sports people and we kind of got into the nitty-gritty oh, yeah, of, of Quidditch uh strategy, which was good. So uh we're gonna start the chapter uh with I, I think we both had this note right off the bat as the illustration of Hagrid's letter that yeah. he wrote to Hermione. Uh, we both took note of it for essentially the same reason. The illustration of it is done with the the splotches of teardrops mm-hmm. on the letter. And I'm just fascinated by the the, the actual artwork of it because it's really well done in the book.
1: Oh, yeah. It, okay. it definitely adds power to the fact that these were tears. Just reading, oh, yeah, there's tears realistic. on it. Seeing it makes it feel like you got the letter yourself.
0: Yeah, it's re- it's very realistic, so it kind of hits... At a different level. I, I think it's really nice.
1: Mm-hmm. Also, I love the fact that... I just listened to your episode with Jen today, so it's fresh in my brain, but how Haggard wrote this letter specifically to Hermione. Not all three of them. Like, it, it's Hermione who put the most work into this trial. She's the one who's been there for him with that. So, of course, he sent it to her. Um, Jen was right. It was nice of Hermione to um, show the letter to Harry and Ron, but, like, this was meant for her and Hermione's not going to judge because he's been crying. No.
0: I Well, I think Hagrid's very open with his emotions anyway. it
1: yeah, was great. I love it. But, but uh, it's so sad. Uh, no, that.
0: it Hermione's definitely putting in a lot of time, which Hagrid recognizes and is like, Hey, you've done a lot. You're already doing a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's definitely grateful for all the effort. It's obviously bad news. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: um, so a buck beak is he's getting an appeal.
1: Yeah, but...
0: But it's a pretty foregone conclusion to what that appeal is going to be. I like Which... how Hagrid goes, Beaky enjoyed London. Yeah. How exactly did this hippogriff enjoy London? Where was this hippogriff stored in London?
1: I could totally see like, it. Like, at the zoo, like...
0: like, randomly? Like, did they just have an offshoot?
1: Well, where, did, where would he have gone? Like, the Ministry of Magic, right? Yeah, like, downtown London. Yeah, I could see him just, like... Hanging out like, by the dumpsters did he or something. Enjoy some like,
0: <laughs> did he enjoy some room at the ministry, like some courtroom?
1: Yeah, maybe there's a room in the ministry that like. I don't understand dangerous
0: how he really enjoyed room. London. I get Hagrid's a glass half glass half full kind of guy, <laughs> but I'm just wondering. He was
1: like, sightseeing, you know.
0: I, don't, I guess I I whatever. <laughs> but this is a chance for Hermione and Ron to make up. Yeah. Uh, Which you kind of see the beginnings of that taking place.
1: Well, I think what really makes the breaking point for that is like, I mean, Ron is, is, says, you know, I'll help this time, which was the original promise, of course, but him saying like, I'll help makes Hermione just completely break down in tears and hug him and just be like you know thank you and i'm so sorry she finally
0: says i'm sorry about scabbers
1: right which then ron's like yeah you know i mean he was old whatever but it's a conversation
0: that needed to happen several chapters ago
1: yes but you know they're both stubborn but it's nice that this i mean tragedy brings people together and that's exactly what this is doing buckbeak is is rekindling the friendship or at least making them realize we need to move on it's time so I don't know. Her- Hermione breaking out in tears, though. I'm just like, oh, I totally understand, girl. I get it.
0: She, uh, she's featured a lot in this chapter mm-hmm. in a bunch of different ways, and you can see she's at a breaking point. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's at her top most stressed level. Uh, oh God, yeah. And for a variety re- for a variety of reasons, you have obviously the Hagrid news that came at the beginning,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but we're getting nearer and nearer to the end of the semester
1: and we know from previous books how she studies for her finals
0: yes she goes
1: overboard we have so many subjects to study for
0: and and now we have uh, you know these exams coming up and we know her class schedule
1: mm-hmm. that's a lot
0: yeah but before we get into uh one of Hermione's bigger breaking points during the whole thing <laughs> you get a you get a sense of it when she overhears Malfoy kind of uh picking after He's kind of picking on the whole uh, Buckbeak thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, Malfoy is just being so cold-hearted. He's mocking Hagrid for crying because his pet is going to be executed. And he's just like, look at him
0: blubber. The, The making fun of Hagrid, I'm not surprised at. That's Malfoy's wheelhouse. That's what he does. Right. The thing that bothers me is the nonchalantness of... Him being the reason that this magnificent creature is about to be put to death, right? Uh, That bothers me a little bit.
1: Well, because he has great satisfaction of the fact that he made this happen. Like he couldn't get Hagrid necessarily fired, but this will hurt Hagrid. So for him, this is like I'm gonna
0: I'll give him the benefit of the the doubt and just say it's more of an attack on Hagrid Mm -hmm. than trying to get. A wondrous creature killed.
1: Oh, yeah, I don't think... You know what I mean? I don't think it's like, oh, I want the animal just.
0: Anyway, Hermione overhears this, and... She has
1: the perfect reaction.
0: Harry and Ron, I believe, go to attack Malfoy first, and Hermione... Yeah,
1: they make furious moves towards Malfoy, but she got there first. Smack!
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she slaps Malfoy... Which stuns him, stuns everybody, stuns everybody. yeah. Stuns Nobody
1: knows. Like everyone's like, like frozen. <laughs> Crab and she...
0: Goyle are like, what? What do we do here? Right. And then she makes a move for her wand.
1: Right. Which. Malfoy knows.
0: Malfoy was surprised by the slap. Right. Scared by the wand right. movement. <laughs> like, I mean,
1: he's not an idiot. He knows Hermione's the best in the class. She can come <sighs> at him with anything. Well,
0: that, plus I think what really scares him is her, that's not Hermione. Hermione is not... If Ron or Harry take a swing at him, okay, that's par for the course, right? right. Hermione taking it, that's not her personality.
1: Yeah, it's out of character.
0: So it's...
1: Because... She is pushed to her limit right now. She's so stressed that sure. like there's there's no filter, there's no, you know, monitoring of her own behavior. It's just reactive. There's
0: a predictability there. If you make Harry mad, he might take a swing at you. Predictable.
1: Mm-hmm. If Ron, even more so. <laughs>
0: sure. If you make Hermione mad, you genuinely don't know how what she's gonna do or how she's gonna react because you haven't seen that before yet. Right. You know, and obviously, like you were saying, she's obviously very talented, very smart. You don't know what's coming next, which well, that, I think is plus, more of the fear. Plus
1: also, I mean, like I identify with this because I've been very, very stressed lately. And I know when I'm tired and stressed and overwhelmed and anxious and all that stuff, my personality is not where I normally am. And sometimes I if I'm pushed to that limit, I will snap as well. And for Hermione to hear, you know, Malfoy say, like, oh, he's so pathetic. He's supposed to be our teacher and all that. Like, that is her friend who she has seen is emotional and is desperate for her help. But that is...
0: Everybody has a breaking point. (laughs) That is hers. And everybody knows that, hey, no matter how calm and cool and collected you are, if you're stressed and anxious your breaking point can come a little quicker yeah. than, than normal. <laughs> and you might be pushed to do something that you might not normally do.
1: Yeah.
0: And, you know, that happens to everybody. And yeah. here we're seeing it with Hermione. And we haven't even hit the pinnacle yet. No. Which,
1: she's just having a day.
0: Uh, she's, she's having a moment. And the moment gets a little bit worse... When she goes to Trelawney's divination class.
1: Which, to Trelawney's credit, I mean, Hermione's already coming in with the mood. Ron and Harry are both still flabbergasted. Oh, Trelawney's walking
0: into a buzzsaw right now.
1: Yes, and I know what that's like. I mean, you can recognize when students come in, sometimes you can just tell they are having a day. And you either, depending on the kid, you leave them alone or you pull them into the hallway of like, you know, are you okay? Do you need to take a step out? Like, what's going on? But Trelawney's not paying attention to that. Maybe because she just expects Hermione to be as she always is, as the student who's going to try to pay attention. But Hermione starts off kind of snickering. Um, you know, Trelawney says how the fates have told her that they need to look at crystal balls since the exams will have them. And she's like... What a great prediction. You're the one who makes the exam, so of course we're gonna have crystal ball study on it. Like I,
0: I took that as it's a very I think it's a very tongue-in-cheek kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know that Trelawney was being a hundred percent serious with that. I don't and I think know. I think Hermione took that to a level ten real <laughs> quick. It's like, okay, that's something to like, whatever.
1: I would buy that if she's ever really been tongue in cheek before. And I don't know if any comments she's made in the past have indicated to me that she's got that kind of sense of humor.
0: Keep in mind, we're also reading this
1: from Harry's perspective. From
0: Harry's a student's perspective, (laughs) who doesn't totally agree with Hermione, but also doesn't disagree with Hermione either. Right. And we're seeing it essentially from the kid's point of view.
1: Right. But there are ways to tell if like someone's I'm, been serious and joking sure around. I'm
0: sure a student has gone home to a mom or dad of yours before and said, <laughs> "Elizabeth said this," and well, they're like, they, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! That's way out think, of context." They all
1: think I'm this like super morbid, creepy person. hello to all my previous students. I know I actually am, but. No, I I'm sure I you've think... said something,
0: <laughs> intending one thing, and a student's gone home and been like, oh my gosh, she said this.
1: Yeah. It happens. It does. We're
0: getting this through, and we've talked about it before, but we're getting this through the lens
1: right. of the students. But regardless, I mean, Hermione's not wrong. She does put crystal ball gazing. If she's saying it's going to be on the exam, well, you're the one who writes the exam. What a prediction.
0: I mean, she's right. <laughs> But no, anyway, the, the thing gets, it just evolves more and more and more throughout the class.
1: Well, because like Trelawney, I mean, to her credit, like when, when Hermione makes that comment, Trelawney, even if she heard it or not, we don't necessarily know. She ignores it. She's picking her battles, and that's an important thing to do as a teacher. You pick your battles. But, but she's not the only one that may or may not us. have
0: heard this. Other students are hearing this, and then it's like an avalanche. Like right. one thing drops, and then another thing drops, and right. then suddenly you lose control of the entire classroom. Right. So obviously Harry and and Ron are right next to uh, Hermione during this entire class. Well, of course,
1: they're sniggering because it is a funny comment, and it's right. not the kind of thing Hermione usually says.
0: But it's one thing after the other. So eventually she comes around, Professor Trelawney comes around and says, hey, do you need help mm-hmm. with the crystal ball?
1: Mm-hmm. Ron
0: goes, I don't need help. It's obvious what this means. There's going to be loads of fog tonight.
1: Well, and also he whispers it, so just Harry and Hermione bust out laughing. So if they're on the other side of the room cracking up, of course she's like, okay, you need to stop. Start paying attention and, and trying this to this is But
0: this is the... Trickle down effect mm-hmm. of how the class gets so like so. A Hermione's
1: crazy. in the in the mood of this is stupid. This is a waste of my time. I could be doing something else. And uh, she's
0: making up. She's trying. She's upset because she just missed Flitwick's class. Yeah,
1: she missed. Because she's jobs. overstressed.
0: So now she's taking out that frustration, which is her fault. Right. On Trelawney.
1: And of course, Trelawney is getting irritated because this is an important lesson. This is the first day of the unit. And she tries to do what she's always done, is go over and be impressive and look at Harry's crystal ball and talk about seeing the Grimm. And that is the final straw for her.
0: But here's the thing about that. So the idea of the, the Grim and the crystal ball, mm-hmm. let's say, she goes over to the crystal ball. And sees the Grim. Everybody assumes that. Oh my gosh, Troland. And this is maybe a side effect of her making the death prediction right off the bat. Well,
1: because she's done it every that's unit. That's fine. But what's <laughs> to
0: say she's not seeing a large black dog in right. the ball, which tracks because guess what? There's a large black dog. Well, see, so that's the everywhere. thing though. Like,
1: like, okay, sure. Maybe there is. She could the genuinely Grimm. see that. She bit. might generally see it. Yes. But when you play the same card over and over and over, it's getting predictable. And for Hermione, when she's already just Even by, if it's look, it hasn't correct... happened yet. Even if it is a correct prediction, again, the the problem with this subject is you can't know if it was accurate or not until it comes true. And but... that's not until the future.
0: So we should move on from this. <laughs> and here's why. Because I do want to get to this. At a later point.
1: Okay.
0: Not in this chapter. Okay. Next week, <laughs> we're going to talk about this again. The end result is Trelawney does eventually break.
1: Mm-hmm. and She calls her hopelessly mundane. That uh, so That's crossing the line. But you can tell that's because... The, the line just, has already
0: been crossed by both right, sides. Right, right. So the reason Trelawney says that I think from her view, you need to be open-minded mm-hmm. and creative mm-hmm. for divination. You need to have an open, creative mind. To her, Hermione has a very closed-off, bookish, you-need-to-have-it-literally-written-in-front-of-you mind.
1: Right. Whether
0: that's true or not doesn't matter. That's what her interpretation of Hermione is. Right. That's where I think you get the word Mundane. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is an interesting word choice. But again, JK. like
1: I mean, there's a moment of silence. The whole class is like, oh, my God, the teacher just called Hermione sure. mundane. Mm-hmm. Hermione Granger mundane. Like, you don't do that. Well,
0: <laughs> it triggers what Trelawney is trying to say is not how it comes across to Hermione. Right. Hermione thinks you're just calling me dull. Right. You're calling me You're, dim right. for whatever, you know, however, which way you want to phrase it. So Hermione reacts poorly. She, she ends up dramatically leaving said classroom mm-hmm. to which uh, I can't remember if it's Parvati or uh, lavender, lavender. I think, I think it's the Lavender who ends up going, Professor Trelawney, you were right. By around Easter, we'll lose one of our students. You were correct on another prediction. Right. And Trelawney gives this like wry smile and is just like, you know, that's what I do. The inner eye
1: (laughs) can be a burden, my dear. Like.
0: (laughs) So whether you want to interpret that as a true prediction or not, I mean, it is what it is. It's one of the
1: more interesting ones that you made from that first lesson, simply because it was so specific. She's not I mean, trying was, to kick was, out a student. No, and, and it wasn't necessarily saying, like, someone is going to be kicked out. It could have been, like... I mean, when she said it, someone will lose one of our numbers forever. It almost sounds like someone's going to die. Right. But this... I mean, it, it seems less, you know, like, just show-off-y or kind of, like, fraudulent than the whole, like, Neville's going to break a teacup and be late to class. This was much farther along in the year and for it to happen and then for someone to remember that it happened um i think that does add a little more credibility to her but of course harry and ron aren't focused on that they're just focused on how hermione is having a day
0: yeah yeah uh ron goes someday Hermione's having huh
1: yeah
0: Yeah, it is and we haven't even gotten like halfway through the chapter yet because It's It's, a long one. It's the Quidditch final, and we haven't even mentioned Quidditch yet.
1: (laughs) Maybe it's just because I'm not a massive sports person, but the tension between the houses to me is ridiculous. Of how they're trying to put each other into the hospital. I think it's par
0: for the course.
1: (laughs) They're like doing all sorts of things to each other, and it's not just the Slytherins. The Gryffindor's doing the same things back, and. Harry is, now has to have a protection squad kind of a thing just to get to class. Because everyone's so freaked out about the match. I'm like, I just, I don't get that you, intense you don't get about it. sports.
0: So, coming from someone,
1: <laughs> like someone who, who does, you. who
0: works in sports <laughs> and has been involved with sports my entire life. Yeah, uh, no, it. this makes sense. You uh, this I tracks. Just, I just don't. Especially, look, JK's from Scotland. She is used to football for her friends overseas, or soccer for the Americans listening. Mm-hmm. It's intense. It's the world's favorite sport. And you look at the Premier League over in England, those fans are intense. <laughs> and they live or die. And and here too.
1: Yeah. Cubs and
0: Sox fans in Chicago yeah. live or die with their sports teams. The Bears, the Bulls, we live and die with our sports teams. It matters.
1: Just not to me.
0: (laughs) That's fine. But uh, clearly they got a crowd. They said that 200 people were in the crowd supporting Slytherin. Mm -hmm. And then the other three quarters of the crowd were for Gryffindor.
1: Yeah, which prior to this we were looking at some math trying to figure out how does that break down and if you assume 200 all of them are from slytherin and not just friends of slytherin
0: students and let's say snape
1: yeah so then you know divide by the seven years it's about 28 students 29 ish students per class which we were discussing we there's a lot of students we don't ever know which
0: We've estimated before. Mm-hmm. We've been like, there's, we don't hear a lot of Hufflepuffs, we don't hear a lot of Ravenclaws at all. Right. And we hear relatively very few Slytherins, even.
1: Right. It's always the ones who just seem to either want to suck up to Harry or to bully Harry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Which, again, tracks, because, again, we're getting this through a very specific lens. Right. So there's probably a lot of people that Harry's never actually come into physical contact with at the school.
1: Well, there's definitely... There's got to be the ones who are like, oh, famous Harry Potter. Okay, now let's go into Transfiguration. Sure. Like, you know.
0: But anyway, so we took note of the number, because it's very rare JK gives us a solid, defined number. Yeah. Uh So yeah. there is that.
1: The match, though, I, I will say, even though I'm not necessarily a sports fan Lee's commentary just cracks me up so much he is so good at it
0: he's also extraordinarily biased oh yeah undeniably (laughs) I
1: mean McGonagall tries her best to like keep him in line But, I mean, he's just so funny. He really talks, like, sometimes he gets confused about which one's George, which one's Fred, or or he talks about, like, how, you know, Wood is a great keeper, tries to reassure the crowd, but then immediately is like, oh my god, I can't believe he actually saved that. (laughs) He's just so fun.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, before the match, you know, Harry's hearing about, well, one, Oliver Wood just drills it into his head that they need to win by... Uh, They need to be up by 50 before you even get the snitch.
1: Right, because otherwise they won't win the cup.
0: So they drill that into his head. He hears about the last time that Gryffindor won was the legendary, quote-unquote, legendary Charlie Weasley.
1: I wonder how Ron feels about that. And Fred and George.
0: Uh, they're used to it, because they've heard it from Bill is legendary, but in different ways. Yeah, but I feel like
1: Fred and George probably are kind of like, eh, whatever, because they have their own legend, but... For Ron to hear, like... And Percy's trying to, live, legendary. Legendary.
0: It's Percy's it's trying to like live up...
1: Legendary. Percy's trying to live up to it right now. It's my brother.
0: But Percy's trying to live up to it right now.
1: Yeah. Like, he's
0: he's trying to strive for it right now, but...
1: Yeah, they all are, but it's just interesting to, to have your sibling be described as legendary.
0: That's what he is. <laughs> um, I do like how Harry, before the, the night before the match, has that overslept dream. I think we can all identify with that. Yeah. Like... Oh my gosh, I missed my alarm. Oh wait, it's still 3 a.m. I still got like four more hours of sleep. And
1: just the ridiculousness of it. Like them playing on dragons that didn't make me laugh. And then waking up and being Everybody like... has those dreams. But then when he wakes up, he's like, okay, wait a second. They definitely <laughs> can't play on dragons. Not allowed in Quidditch.
0: <laughs> Everybody has those dreams. Anyway, so back to the match. Uh, I will recognize bull and Derek. we get Bull and Derek uh <laughs> mentions who are slytherins mm-hmm. playing in this i eventually was like I, I kept thinking Derek was a first name clearly it's a last name yeah which is just interesting and that was just threw me for a loop but i was gonna say yeah.
1: slytherin plays dirty but so does gryffindor, gryffindor yeah gryffindor does gryffindor like back. that first one where you know fred threw his beaters club at the back of flint's head like I just see that and I'm like, why I, Why would you do that? Hooch
0: is beside herself. Yeah, because there's so game.
1: many rules being broken. Even McGonagall, though. I mean, like as she's trying to keep Lee in, in line, eventually she just gives up because she's, she's so worked up, too. She can't help herself.
0: Yeah, so it, it's a very intense back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, as I was reading it, I felt for JK. I know she doesn't love... Writing Quidditch scenes for this reason particularly, it's yeah, it's hard, it's hard and it's hard, hard to make interesting. Yeah, she does a good job. Don't get me wrong, she does a great job. Well, it's one
1: of those things that it's you have to see it and having it in words.
0: It's just not the same. It's yeah. And I can imagine for her, it's frustrating because it's like she's probably seeing this in her head. Yeah, and what she's writing isn't necessarily but matching. That, and plus,
1: hard. also like I mean, this is maybe. Probably why I struggle as much with getting into sports, but there's just so much going on on the field or wherever it is being played that it's just like there's so much to look at. And
0: she does capture the quickness of it because it's like you almost get whiplash reading because you're like looking from chasers to seekers to beaters to the goalies to the Harry's looking around
1: for the snitch. Like there's just so much going on. So. I understand the the frustration of having to write it.
0: Yeah. So, anyway, long story short, uh, <laughs> Gryffindor does end up winning after a uh, after Harry comes back and catches Malfoy on his firebolt uh, and grabs a snitch.
1: <laughs> Malfoy trying to slow down the firebolt just cracked me up, and and just like how close in the sky they have to be so that their knees are bumping into each other, like these two hate each other. And yet they're, like, inside each other's personal bubble up in the air. Well,
0: they're they're competing. They have to. I know.
1: It's just funny to me.
0: It's probably a note they took from Ravenclaw, the the match before, because if you were watching the Ravenclaw match, that's what Cho's strategy was, was tail Harry. True. It's like... So they probably took a book, you know, took a page out of Ravenclaw's strategy book. But, anyway. um, So...
1: Gryffindor won. Gryffindor wins. Wood is happy. Wood is which happy. makes me happy. <laughs> he deserves a win.
0: And the thing that's stuck out to me the most is Harry notes that he almost wishes a Dementor was there now. Yeah. Because he's got a happy moment so strong that he thinks he would produce one of the best Patronuses ever made.
1: Which is adorable.
0: Uh, So it's so clearly he himself believes that this is a defining moment in his young life.
1: That's a good way of of making us the reader understand just how intense his happiness is because I mean we know what it takes to create a Patronus and we know what Memories he's tried using before, so for him to say this one, it would be it would work. That's that's pretty happy.
0: Yeah. All right, that's the chapter
1: nutshell.
0: <laughs> uh, Should we go to spoilers? Yes, we're gonna take a break and we are gonna come back with some spoiler thoughts right after. Uh, Hermione's in the movie; she adds a little bit to the punch, <laughs> and you'll hear that line right now. We'll be right back. All right, we are back with a spoiler section, and we want to kind of go back a little bit and talk about uh, Harry's eventful night right before the Quidditch final started, and he's having his dreams, but before all that, I I think it was before all that?
1: I think it was after he woke up from his dream, Ah, he looked out the window, because he's like, oh, it's dawn, it's so early, and he saw... Crookshanks go by and he's like oh that cat probably looking for some other thing to eat and then he sees a massive black dog whom since this is the spoilers we know is um serious thank you I always (laughs) say Cyrus sorry serious black um which and he, I mean he freaks out and he's like you know I don't know am I seeing this Ron come on come over and like check to make sure this dog actually exists, which by this point makes total sense because he's had several experiences so far with seeing or hearing things that other people don't. So it's nice that he's learning like double check that um, am I ha- seeing things like
0: well then he also has a moment of like well it can't be the grim. If Crookshanks is at least
1: right. interacting it. Can't with it can't be an omen if there's like a physical entity seeing it. So clearly we know it's the two of them are on the hunt for Scabbers, a.k.a. Peter Pettigrew. Um, since clearly Peter has disappeared from the Gryffindor Tower and, you know, his attempt to get into the tower, um, you know, and attack Ron... Um did not work, which makes me just wonder, like when you're able to transform into another animal, can you communicate with animals that are just animals?
0: I'm gonna say no, why <laughs> I- just, I, I don't think that's a part of that magic. It's transfiguration. It's not a charm, necessarily, you're putting on top of it. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if that's a charm. It's not one that we've heard of. Right. But I think I know, that's like, some more did... of a charm thing, not a transfiguration
1: thing. I know he does say later how, like, Crookshanks is the most intelligent animal of its kind that he's met for recognizing that Sirius is not a dog. Like, recognizing that he's a human But I just wonder, like, how did he convey to this cat that, like, you know, this other creature, there's, you know, something off with him and and not, I mean, obviously Crookshanks, if he, if he could, he, she, Crookshanks, he, (laughs) right? Yeah. If he can recognize that Sirius is human obviously he he can recognize that peter is human as well but to convey to him that peter is a bad guy and we need i need him brought to me like how do you convey that
0: i think he's just using crookshanks well okay first of all
1: you think he's just being like cat chase a rat
0: part of it (laughs) but also crookshanks i think if he can recognize sirius
1: Mm-hmm. through
0: the guise of this massive black dog.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Clearly, you should be able to recognize the guise of Peter Pettigrew in, like in this rat.
1: Yeah, but how did he convey to him, like, this one is a bad guy, and I'm a good guy?
0: If you're giving the cat credit for looking through a disguise, I think animals generally, generally have a sense of... Is this person good or is this person bad? You've heard it with dogs. You've heard it with cats. They have Mm -hmm. a judge of character almost. They see like, maybe it's something that related?
1: Maybe, because I'm pretty sure he said later on that Crookshanks is the one who stole all of Neville's passwords from his bedside table.
0: Maybe Sirius is just giving him treats. The straight up bribery. It
1: just seems like such a specific thing to convince a cat to communicate to a cat.
0: That's fine. But how does Filch have his connection with Mrs. Norris? Mm. (laughs) Well, it's a similar thing. It's a a human communicating with a cat on a somewhat surreal level.
1: Right. Which is why I'm just like, I'm so curious of, of how that went down. Because if there is some level of communication that's possible, it makes me wonder like, why McGonagall doesn't discuss it. Because I would think that would be one of I'd, the reasons to become no, one. No, Like, I can talk to animals I would,
0: now. I would wholeheartedly dismiss that. Yeah. I think uh, that Animagus is strictly a transfiguration thing. Hmm. That, what you're talking about, would be more Flitwick's realm of charms of some if sort. I there
1: would be a way to combine the two.
0: Uh, maybe. <laughs> um, but I don't think one means both. <laughs> so... I would knock down that theory, but I, now...
1: It just seems like that being said, Shanks goes above and beyond.
0: Well, that being said, Crookshanks was bought at a magical
1: That's true. creature That's true. shop.
0: And you we saw what truly, ma- like Molly's love of the rats playing uh, jump rope with their right. tails. Those were magical creatures. Crookshanks doesn't seem to have any innate... "Quote unquote magical ability that we can see. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that she's not, or that he's not. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So this may be part of it. Maybe. Maybe. I
1: mean, he said, like I said, he he said he was the most intelligent creature. Which could also guy. explain Mrs.
0: Norris. But either way,
1: yeah. I just in, in my head canon, I I want them to be BFFs, having nice little fun conversations, roaming the grounds, searching for each other.
0: I think Sirius is just feeding him rats <laughs> i think that's i think it's straight up simple bribery i don't think there's any like real big trick to it <laughs> anyway um but on um, in all seriousness it was an interesting sight for harry to see
1: yeah the
0: the big black dog that's been essentially stalking him this entire book right Clearly communicating well, also and interacting with Well,
1: because he, he just heard Trelawney once again say, "There's the Grim coming closer and closer." So I was like, oh, "Gosh darn it, there it is again!" But is it like it's a nice? Well,
0: those are the those go to the thoughts that I want to get back to. Well, it's it's just, it's
1: just a nice thing for him to be like, "Okay, I am sane."
0: Yes. Um. So the other thing we kind of wanted to get to is. This is really the last real glimpse of Hogwarts Quidditch that we get for quite a while.
1: Oh, least the final match.
0: I mean, we don't we the Triwizard Tournament digs right. into it in Book Four.
1: Right. I mean, Quidditch in Book Four is just the World Cup, ben which is... isn't
0: Hogwarts based. That's right. a Quidditch it's World Cup. Just
1: professional.
0: And um, then uh, in
1: Order of the Phoenix, I mean, we see a little bit.
0: But Umbridge ends it. Right. So we don't really get it in five either that much. Six. I mean,
1: we get like we get Quidditch, but Harry not playing Quidditch.
0: Right. So it's not the same. It's not like
1: right. You're not in the we've action. Gotten, we've got
0: we've got so much Quidditch in this book. <laughs> so
1: much. So much.
0: We got Cedric Diggory and Hufflepuff. He literally played all three other uh, yeah. houses in yeah. this book.
1: We Maybe got that's the Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw. So <laughs> Maybe. So we know Half-Blood Prince, I mean, he is captain of the team now, but he's also kind of obsessed with everything Malfoy is doing.
0: We don't get, I guess the point is, we don't get Quidditch to this level in Prisoner of Azkaban ever again. Right. Like, this is the most Quidditch you're ever going to get. Right. This is the most quad ball so, you're ever going to get. So gonna- <laughs> Quidditch is your
1: favorite thing. It's kind of downhill from here.
0: A little bit. I mean, there, are, like you were saying, there are touches and hints and big moments Mm-hmm. Uh, the you know, Weasley is our king moments, um, mm-hmm. uh, but not to the full extent. Well, I mean, the one depth. of the
1: matches you have them completely leave the match because they go off with Hagrid, you know, into the Forbidden Forest to go after, yes, yeah. His... yeah so, there's... so, I
0: mean, there's you're not gonna get it to this full depth again, yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's interesting that you kind of luckily. Uh, between, you know, Jen and I, I know Elizabeth's not a big Quidditch sports person, but at least between Jen and I, we got some good Quidditch talk in, and you know, we got to...
1: I get more excited about Quidditch when Luna commentates, because her commentary is the best.
0: Okay, Luna or Lee, who you got?
1: Oh, Luna! You just Luna. spent... Luna. Okay, I love You just been a whole non-spoiler. I love Lee commentating on yeah. everything... But Luna is what I would be when I'm watching sports. So I fully appreciate it. You
0: just spent a whole non-spoiler <laughs> talking up Lee and his commentary, and now you're just gonna turn on him like that.
1: Yeah, because Luna is is the pro Luna is me when it comes to sports.
0: So, you got anything else for the spoiler section?
1: I just think one other thing about Quidditch. I mean, Harry. Later on, when Crumb comes into the picture, he's so obsessed with how Crumb can pull off these moves with such elegance. Is the wrong word, but skill maybe. But Harry does a lot of cool maneuvers in this match as well, <laughs> without necessarily giving himself credit.
0: The only thing I'm going to say to that in the in the sports world. This is the equivalent. They're 13. (laughs) This is the equivalent of like high school sports. Yeah. Crumb is young, number one. He's not much older. Right. Two, he's doing it against pros. Like, right. These are no, pros, no. I, I adults.
1: I recognize that prom like, is like professional and better, but I mean, like it. it they're all amusing, on fireballs. It was you know? amusing me how, like you know, Harry noticed the whole Slytherin team forming a V formation to try to attack one of the players, and he sprinted in there and and disrupted it, and his whole like. I don't know, he saw the two Slytherin beaters, I think, try to attack him from both sides and then just dipped down really quickly and they made them smash into each other. Like, he had some, some good maneuvers. He has moments.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's he's really good. I'm not saying he can't go pro. <laughs> I'm just saying 13-year-old Quidditch is different than the Quidditch world yeah, comes. yeah,
1: yeah, so... yeah, yeah. All right. Well, no, I don't have any other... Other spoiler thoughts. All right,
0: we'll wrap up a short spoiler section. Um,
1: Mainly because I'm excited for the next chapter.
0: The next chapter is a big one, <laughs> uh, so especially for, for this podcast because we know we've opened We're up a whole can of We're talking
1: about and... again next week, guys. So come on back. It's back. a
0: whole thing. <laughs> uh, so hopefully you guys have enjoyed this episode. Thank you again to. Uh, All of uh, the people that we shouted out at the beginning of the episode, Jenny Conway, um, H&H Drinks, Hallows and Horcruxes, Jamie McDonald, Alice and Liam, thank you again for all of the time spent on the hike talking Harry Potter. Uh, It was awesome. Hmm. Uh, And I hope you guys continue to listen and I hope you continue to interact with us on Twitter and Instagram. So keep listening. Thanks again. We really appreciate it. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to Hogwarts, a podcast. If you like what you've heard, please click the subscribe button on your preferred podcasting app and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Pod.